welcome back to the Womanifestor podcast. I'm really excited today because we have Mandy Thomas online with us. She is an online financial coach who saved over 200K by the age of 26. She helps coaches set up a strong financial foundation so they can scale their businesses. She helps them know what to do with the money that is coming into their business to know how to save for taxes, pay their business expenses, pay themselves personally, and continue to grow their businesses to greater profits. Mandy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. I would love to get started by just asking the question that I'm sure is on most listeners' mind. How did you save 200K by the age of 26? So for starters, I was just really intentional about the life that I wanted to live. So growing up, we really didn't have a lot and scarcity was basically how I grew up for many years of my life. And I knew from a really young age that I had to be the one in charge of my financial situation. So I kind of looked at what my parents were doing and basically did the opposite of them. So when I turned 11, I started my first business. And then when I was 14, I started my second one. So I was really just resourceful in, okay, how can I make money? And this was back when it was dial-up internet. And if someone needed the phone, then you didn't have the internet. So this was like kind of way back in the day. And I was just like, what can I do to bring income in? And uh, so that's where I started my first businesses. And then from there, when I graduated, I went to school to be a power engineer because growing up, I just heard, you need to get a good job. That was what my dad drilled into my head. So as soon as I started my job as a power engineer, I didn't know all the steps I needed to do, but I realized I want to be really consistent in what it is I'm doing. So I knew I wanted to save a lot of money. So I just started setting money aside before I received it from my paycheck. I had it going into a separate account and started investing it, had no idea what I was doing when it came to investments, but I was like, I'm just going to get started and I'll tweak it later. And then when I actually got paid, then I additionally took money from what I just received and I put it into savings. So I really lived by the philosophy of pay yourself first. So those were the really big things I did. But then I also set specific goals. Like I knew certain things that I wanted to do. And even if they seemed really big and seemed really crazy, I wanted to be able to do them. So that was another thing was that I set those goals. And then I put timelines to them as well. Like one of them was, I wanted to pay for my SUV in cash, like the whole entire thing brand new. Now I didn't do that entire goal, but I saved two thirds of it. And then the other remaining third, I was able to get a loan for 0%. So that's actually why I didn't go ahead and save the full amount was because I was able to get that loan at 0%. So I really set how was it that I wanted to live my life and I didn't want to feel financially scarce anymore. So I needed to make sure that how I was managing it on the back end so I could save that much money. So I was very, very consistent in that. And when any time that I would receive any, any income that was kind of unexpected, I never used that really for my personal life. I learned to live on like exactly the amount of money I made. I then put that into savings, into investments. And it was really just being really, really resourceful and really also checking my emotions to make sure that I wasn't making really unaligned spending So I know it sounds very simple, plain things, but it's really in that consistency and the things that are really simple that are easy not to do where you can really get ahead. What are some spending categories that you realized were completely unnecessary that you had been spending money on or that you maybe see your clients spending money on? 
So for me, the biggest struggle I had, and it's a huge struggle that I see with most people that come to me, is groceries and eating out. Like right there alone, you can be saving a couple hundred dollars a month. I've had clients come to me that didn't realize they were spending 900 a month in groceries and eating out. And right there, that was their groceries plus a vehicle payment. So that's a really big one. Another one that I commonly see with clients is subscription fees that they don't realize they're paying. And it's a lot of the little things actually that add up. Things like banking fees, subscription fees. So I just want you to picture like a bucket. There's a bucket of water. And if you have one small hole in there, even though that hole is small, it will eventually drain that bucket. But now if you have four holes in there, it's gonna drain that bucket, but even faster. And that's what I commonly see happening is maybe you signed up for a free subscription of something a long time ago and it only charges you a few dollars a month so you don't even really realize it's coming out. And so I would say go through and see like what are all those little things and how much they're adding up. I've had clients that when they first start working with me and I send them the spreadsheet to go through before our first session, before they've even sent it back to me, just them inputting their information, they're like, wow, I had $170 going to subscriptions and banking fees and I canceled that already before the first session even. So it's those little things that really add up. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I feel like that's definitely something that I've run into. I'm currently running a program called Abundance Academy where we're focusing on money mindset and money manifestation. And that's something that I've definitely brought up before. It's like, don't forget about those little one-off purchases and those subscription fees that you just forget about, really. Absolutely. And I love that you brought that up to them. Yeah. So one thing that you brought up was that your commitment level, you kept saying that you taught yourself how to basically be super committed with this very aggressive savings plan that you had. Is that something that you feel like a lot of people struggle with that? Do you see that a lot in your clients? Yeah, I do. I see a lot of people who want to improve their financial situation. And there's a big difference between wanting something and saying, I'm going to make this happen. For me, I was never saying like, I want to do this. I was saying, this is what's going to happen. And I was kind of fearless a lot of times thinking, you know, what? I don't have the exact how, but I'm just going to take little small steps. I'm going to do the things that I know right in this moment that can make a big difference. And I'm going to do that. So one of the small things that so many people know, but don't do is just open up an account to start investing, whether that is literally $10 a month. So what you could do is go through and you could cancel one subscription or a couple subscriptions and then automatically divert $10 to that account because at least you are in the habit of getting started. And then from there, you can really wrap it up but it's all about just getting started. And so when we want to do something, a lot of times that's kind of like testing the waters, kind of dipping our toe in to see like, is that water cold or not? Versus us saying like, I'm going to do this and I'm jumping in the water and I'm just going to figure it out on my way. So that's just the really important thing is honestly, trusting in ourselves of how resourceful we are. Like when I was 11 years old and started my first business, I had no idea if I would make a dollar from it at all. So my first business I actually started was a pet sitting business. And my parents told me, do not cry if no one phones you. So they were really honestly setting the expectation pretty low. And I put up three posters, one in each of the three towns near us. And my phone would not stop ringing off the hook. It was supposed to just be a summertime thing. It turned into all year round. And uh, we had to build an entire system for dog runs because we were not expecting this and it turned out really well. You really just need to like believe in yourself that you're going to be resourceful to make this happen. And then also trusting in the universe as well that amazing things can happen to you. But 
The first thing is you have to commit before any of this will happen. Oh, that's such a good point. I love that that was your first business because that was actually my first business as well. (laughs) In my neighborhood, I put up those little flyers at our community mailboxes where you could pull the little tab and it has a phone number, you know, pet sitting and pet sitting and house sitting. And that was pretty dang lucrative. Oh my God, that makes me so happy. I just got goosebumps hearing you say that. And that's exactly what I did too, was the pull the tabs and and it was our home landline. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Mine must've been too, because it was definitely prior to having a phone. Oh, that's so funny. One thing, or actually two things that I wanted to dive into deeper with you, we had talked about prior is organizing cash flow and tax preparedness. First, I want to dive into organizing cash flow. When your clients come to you, where are they usually in their journey? What does their cash flow look like and where do you take them? Yeah. So usually when my clients come to me, a lot of times they have commingling of personal and business. And that doesn't even really matter what stage they're at in their business, like how much they're making. I do still see a lot of commingling. So one of the first things is really A, getting clarity in their personal finances and then their business finances. Then we go through the separation process. It's so hard to have the clarity of how well your business is truly doing when the two are together, because when you have the two combined, you can really be giving your business a loan from your personal finances, but you don't know that if they're commingling. So we separate them. And then from there, it's getting up to date wherever it is throughout the year, getting all of your income and expenses for your business, getting that really well organized so we can see, okay, so far this year, this is your gross income. This is your net income. These are your expenses. Now, I'll just explain a couple things. So gross income is like your total sales, everything you've made in your business. Then you've got your expenses. And then your net income is that gross income minus your expenses. So that number is really, really important. And a lot of times they don't know where they're currently sitting for that because that affects what you're going to be paying in taxes. A lot of my clients haven't set anything aside for taxes yet. So that's another thing is opening up a tax savings account and really seeing, okay, based on what's happened so far this year, this is the approximate amount you should have set aside. How can we go ahead and either get that money set aside right now? Sometimes they have to do a catch up of, okay, they don't have that amount of money sitting in their account and be able to keep their business going forward. So, okay, what can we do to set some money aside and then kind of catch up throughout the year? as well as once the other months happen throughout this year, setting aside that amount for taxes. So those are some of the really like foundational pieces that we'll work on. And then from there, we'll dive more into the actual managing of cash flow. So when I say managing a cash flow, it's the income coming in and the expenses going out. I work with my clients on both the personal and the business side because you absolutely need to be taking both of them into account. And we need to see, okay, what's happening on the business side Once we take away the expenses, once we set aside money for taxes, can we actually pay you? Because a lot of clients that I'm working with, they're not at the point of paying themselves. They're kind of just taking random amounts of money. So I really get a great system in place. So for the first time in their business, they're actually getting paid twice a month on the first and on the 15th. So they can start having that consistency. So we start working them into that. Like that's the ultimate goal is them getting paid consistently twice a month. But there's kind of all those other steps I just mentioned that need to happen before that. 
So I'm in the place in my business where I am looking to incorporate. That has to happen in a state, basically. And I don't have a home state necessarily, but I'm on the border of California and Nevada. So obviously, I'm going to choose to incorporate in Nevada because way lower taxes. Do you find that a lot of your clients have come to you and they are either unincorporated or plan to incorporate, but that kind of gets messy when it comes to taxes at all? How do you deal with that? Yeah. So that's definitely something I have on my mind when my clients first come to me. I haven't noticed it as much that it's on my client's mind yet. So basically we kind of need to do that initial first work to see like really where they at. And then that's something that I'll bring up to them because depending on where you're at, you can be saving so much money in taxes if you're in the right business entity, but you can be in the wrong one, whether they're still a sole proprietor, whatever that looks like. So that's definitely something I'll bring up to them depending on what stage they're at. And then also depending on kind of the speed that their business has been growing, if it's been growing really rapidly too, I'll say, hey, you know what? Maybe you're not quite at the stage right now, but I want you to keep in mind that pretty soon this is gonna be something you'll need to address because it's going to help you so much. It's something that I bring up because a lot of them don't really know about. So I love that you're already talking about that. And I definitely think it's smart to go the Nevada route than the California. I'm just at the point where I am getting things in order to do that incorporation process. It needs to be a separate entity. And that's another question that I had that you were saying, your business pays you, which makes your business a separate entity from you, correct? Absolutely. Yes, you are right. What is the significance of that? There's a couple of things. So when it comes to you separating yourself from your business, one of the benefits that I see as a big benefit is you making it separate. So if something happens, then your personal assets, you have more security there. And I think that's really important. And a lot of people don't quite realize a lot of people are like, Oh, but I don't really have anything. You don't realize how much you have until you lose that. So I'm going to say that right now. So it's really important to set aside the two from each other. So let's say, for example, you get sued or something happens in your business. I work with a lot of Americans and in the States, it's very much so different. There's a lot of people get sued a lot more often than if you live in Canada. So it is something that is really important to consider is making sure that you are protecting yourself personally. So if something happens to your business, you literally don't lose everything, everything on the business side and the personal finance side. So that's one of the big things that I think a lot of times we're so caught up in making sure that we have income coming in and then all of a sudden more income does start coming in and then we're just dealing with that and scaling our business that we kind of forget about taking a step back and doing these really important things here. So really important to A, protect yourself, but then also as your business grows and becomes more profitable for you to be able to reduce how much you're paying in taxes because you're in the correct entity, but then also setting yourself up to get paid personally as well. Hello, beautiful soul, Katie J here. I'm briefly interrupting this amazing episode to invite you to connect with me on IG. Through Instagram, I share weekly trainings, community and client highlights, and host monthly new moon ceremonies to help you realign with and manifest your goals with ease. Follow me on IG at Womanifester. That's W-O-M-A-N. I-F-E-S-T-E-R. I love connecting with like-minded women manifesting their best lives. Okay, let's get back to the episode. Where did you learn all of this? The personal finance stuff was very much so self-taught because it was just something, it consumed my life so much growing up because scarcity was where I came from. So I was like, I'm going to learn everything. So I really dove in there. 
I started my business as a personal finance coach. So I was helping everyone who was a nine to fiver with their finances. And then I started to realize that I'm really, really great with money. I've saved so much money. I'm great at managing it. But I still didn't know a lot of the business side of things. And then also what I found was being an online coach is very different than a brick and mortar business. So there was like a whole bunch of gray areas that a lot of books and different things are not up to date on. So I dove in head first to educate myself, honestly, just for my own business to feel really confident about what I was doing. This light bulb literally went off in my head and I was like, wow, if I'm a personal finance coach, And it was this difficult to find out all this information and kind of all of the exceptions to the rules when it came to an online business. How about all the other entrepreneurs out there who their business isn't the back end of finances? And that's where I went, okay, I really need to serve coaches because there's so much that you don't realize that you need to be doing that I learned in doing this. So that's where I started shifting my focus to working with coaches because I just realized there's a lot there. There is information out there but there's so much tweaking involved. Literally, it's burning so many brain calories that you don't need to be that you should really be focusing on bringing income in. And uh, that's just where I went, okay, this is really who I need to help. That brings up such a good point, which is the optimization within a business. It's like focus on what you're good at, do that and outsource, automate, delegate the rest. You serve such a very important and valuable niche, which is people who are in this industry is expanding and growing. And we have no idea what to do with our finances because they don't teach you this in school. I 100% agree with you. So at what point in someone's business should they hire someone like yourself to help them separate business and personal finances? Is it a year in? Is it five years in? Is it when they start making money? Is it at the very beginning? This is a great question and it's so individual to the person. But what I would say is even if you're not ready yet because you don't have a ton of income coming in, I would just work on for starters, trying to separate your personal business finances yourself. And what I would say there is a lot of people get scared when I say this, but it makes it so much easier to see, okay, how is the health of my business actually doing? And I know a lot of people say, yes, Mandy, I get that, but I'm not making enough money yet, or if I separate them, then I'm not going to have enough between the two. So I totally understand that, but I still really encourage you to separate your personal and your business finances. And the reason being is because it's easy to track then if you've given money to your business from your personal finances, there's a paper trail, you can easily see this. So what you can do is to take money from your personal finances and then put it into your business fund and have all of your business income come into there and your business expenses come out of there. So at least there's the transaction of you funding it and you can see that it came from your personal finances. So that's something that you can try and do on your own. What I would say is at least if you're still really brand new in your business, just even take a course so you don't have to work one-on-one. I came up with a course that I just recently came out with that's for if you're brand new to business, how can I keep things organized? How can I feel empowered about taxes, like the beginner stages of what you need to know before you're starting to hit higher income months. So the first thing is just having that really great organization. And then as you start to see your business grow, then that's a great time to come to a financial coach to work with them one-on-one because I want to serve you the best. And I feel like every other financial coach should want to do that as well. But if you're really struggling to just have any income coming in, 
I can't help you as much because there's going to be some stuff that's going to be hard for you to implement at first. So what I would say is take something that's kind of a beginner course to really just help you on that organization side. But then as you start to have more income coming in and you're hitting more of like that 5k a month and higher, then that's a really great time to work with someone like me because I can really help you to do a lot more and to start keeping more money and to start making like more strategic money moves. Yeah, that's a really good explanation. Like educate yourself first, kind of get a nice ground layer of information and understanding of how it works and why you should separate and then go ahead and do that and then get a coach when you have that cash flow that can really support that. Definitely. And if it seems like too difficult to separate on your own, don't worry about that. You can do that with a coach as well. Like I said, I do that with a lot of my clients. I'm just saying if you're able to, you might as well go ahead and give it a try. Another great thing is to just consume information from financial coaches to start building that up and do the things you can on your own. And then as that income comes in, then go, okay, there's probably a lot more that I need help with that I don't really know. Now I'll work with them. But start taking in as much information as you can and just implementing the little things as you're in those beginning stages. Perfect. And then what about when it comes to an accountant? When is it necessary to get an accountant versus, okay, I can do my taxes on TurboTax and even business expenses and all that through there? Love this question. I love recommending for my clients to get accountants. I really think that you shouldn't be spending that brain power trying to figure that out because it is pretty stressful. It definitely can be if that's not your area of expertise. Let's say it's in the very beginning of your business and you have hardly any income coming in and you haven't had a ton of expenses, then that would be a time that you could do it on your own. But I would say as you do start to have more expenses and income, kind of a lot sooner than later, hire an accountant. You don't have to hire the first one. I always recommend for my clients to interview accountants to find the accountant that will work best for them. It's so important to have an accountant is because there's so many things that they can see that you can't. But the other thing to remember is an accountant isn't going to solve everything for you. Like there's a big portion of what you have to do to allow the accountant to actually give you solid, accurate information. When you go to your accountant, have everything really well organized for what you've made so far in your business and what your expenses have been. So they can see that gross income, they can see your expenses, they can see your net income, and they will be able to tell you from there, okay, this is what you should start setting aside for taxes as a percentage, but they can't really tell you that unless they really have accurate numbers. So don't go to them without having that information. So have that done up really, really well. Then they can help you to figure out, okay, set this much aside for taxes. And then the next thing I would say is, let's say your business has been really quiet for income coming in and then it really takes off. That's a really great time to go back into your accountant and say, hey, based on these updated numbers now and where my growth is at and where I think I'm going, am I still setting enough aside for taxes or do I need to increase that? So that's really, really important because let's say you went to an accountant earlier in the year and you weren't making as much and then your business really took off, you might not have enough set aside for taxes. And that's where I hear people hear like, quote unquote, I've been hit with a big tax bill. No one gets hit with a big tax bill. It's just that you weren't proactive ahead of time to make sure you were setting enough aside. So that's what I recommend for you to do. But also know what an accountant helps you with and what they don't help you with. So they'll help you with figuring out what amount to set aside. It's still difficult on the back end of like, okay, now that I know, how do I actually set that money aside in a savings account? So it's there when it's time to pay taxes versus dipping in and out of it for business expenses or investments, different things like that. And that's one of the things that I help my clients with is actually getting that money set aside there 
because it is kind of two different things, knowing it and actually doing it. So that's just really important to just have that awareness. I'm really glad you broke it down like that. Thank you. So who are your mentors, Mandy? So I have a few different mentors. I have a mentor who also has a financial coaching business. So that was really instrumental for me. When I first started my business, I didn't know anyone who was doing anything similar to me. So I took a lot of programs from a lot of other coaches and I had to really customize it to myself a lot. So that was great. But when I found my mentor, her name is Kelsa and she's incredible, Kelsa Dickey. And she helped me with a financial coaching business. So things that were really, really specific to me. So that has been incredible. And then I've worked with a lot of other mentors. And then I'm just recently now starting with a new mentor, Jamie King. I will be working with her in the new year. So I'm really excited about that. That's awesome. I like asking that question because I always get names that I've never heard of because we're not in the same niche. We're not in the same space. So there's space for everybody, which I just love highlighting by hearing all these different mentors that are out there. I also kind of want to know a little bit more about you personally. I've seen in your Instagram account, a few things that really stuck out to me, one of which was horseback riding. Yes. So I'm a really big horse person. I feel like I grew up on horseback. I showed horses for a long time. When I think of like the feelings of freedom, for me, that's really being on a horse. I'm from Texas and um, I didn't grow up with horses, but I would go to summer camp and get to ride horses. And that was always my absolute favorite class to take. And I ended up doing advanced horseback riding and barrel riding. And it was just to work with another animal like that, especially one that's so much more powerful than you are, is such a beautiful experience. I really wish that everyone has had an opportunity to experience in a really positive setting being around horses because I really, for me, they were always they've always been a huge part of therapy as well. Like they just feel so therapeutic and I just feel amazing when I'm in their space. So I love that you had that opportunity. Yeah. And then the other thing that stood out to me from your Instagram, you posted about having your apartment cleaned. You know, it's like this reset that happens, you know, maybe once or twice a month or how often you have them come. It's that feeling of walking into a clean space. I can totally resonate with that. Oh, that makes me happy to hear that. I know I love sharing about this a lot because I know a lot of women who feel bad about wanting to have someone come and clean their house because we've just been so conditioned in society as women to do everything ourselves and not ask for support and help and to do it with a smile on our face. And I really want to put my foot down on that because I do not think it's good for mental health. I don't think it's good for relationships. Back when I was a power engineer, I managed my money so well and I wanted to have a housekeeper come in, but I let outside influences make me feel really bad about it. So I didn't get a housekeeper. I was also living in two different places. So I was just traveling so much back and forth. We owned a home and then I rented where I actually worked. So I was exhausted when I got home and I really didn't want to clean. I have a housekeeper now that comes in twice a month. She comes in for about three hours at a time. And it is so powerful because that's a lot of energy to take and clean your house. We live in a much smaller house now because we sold our other house this summer. I really wish that every single woman on the entire planet was able to have someone come in and clean their house because it protects your energy. I truly see it as like self-care. And I think it's a really amazing way to spend my money. As a financial coach, it is not just about saving money and paying off debt. It's really about aligning how you're spending money with how you want to feel in your life. And my energy is one of the biggest things that's the most important to me. And my energy can be spent coaching more clients 
and helping more people with something that's really difficult for them while I'm actually providing work for someone else who is so grateful to be here cleaning my house, who actually does a way better job of it than I do. So I post every single time about it because I always get messages from women like, oh, I would love someone to come in, but I feel bad about it. And then I can have that conversation with them. So they really start shifting their mindset and they get someone to come into their house. And when they do, then they, they never go back. Like, I do not want my housekeeper to break up with me. I love her. I always want her to keep coming. So I totally unapologetic about sharing about that. I love that you said, I don't want my housekeeper to break up with me because I've heard that exact term so many times. People being like, I don't want them to break up with me (laughs) or like my housekeeper broke up with me. (laughs) It feels that way when you want them so badly. Absolutely. Cause I had a previous one and she left and I was so sad. I'm like, Oh my gosh, now I have to find someone else. So when you find a good housekeeper, you want to keep them. Yeah. One other thing that you mentioned was the mindset that people reach out to you. And when they're like, Oh, I want to have a housekeeper, but I feel bad about it. What other mindset blocks or challenges come your way in your line of work? Do you mean like the ones that I see my clients having for mindset struggles? Exactly. There's two that I really want to touch on. So the first one that I see is really being stuck in kind of the mindset that you just need to earn more money to get ahead. Now, do not get me wrong. Increasing your business profit is so important and it is a really big piece of the puzzle. And in the beginning of your business, your sales coming in the door, it's honestly the number one thing you do need to be focusing on. But then there comes a point where you really have to take a step back and evaluate how you're managing the money that is coming in. So when it comes to this, I do highly recommend either working with a financial coach or taking a course that is also specific to online entrepreneurs and coaches. So then you don't have to try and customize this information for yourself because there's a really big difference between like your gross income, the total sales and profitability, and they don't automatically go hand in hand. You can increase your business gross income and you can still feel broke. You can be making six and seven figures in your business and unable to pay yourself personally. And I'm not just saying this, but I've seen it time and time again. That's why it's so important that I share this is it's really important to learn how to manage your cash flow because it is the lifeblood of your business. If you want to have a business that's sustainable over the long run, shift that mindset from thinking that you just need to earn more to escape kind of the financial struggles you're having. When you challenge this thought, it makes it so you can really get off that hamster wheel when you realize that you need to really be thinking about the back end as well. And then the second mindset struggle that I see is a lot of people just setting gross income goals. So having a business and working towards freedom is about creating a life you absolutely love. That's why it's so important to actually set a couple of other financial goals. So it's really important, such as your net income goals. So How much money do you want to have made in your business after you've paid taxes? And then a personal income goal. So how much money do you want to be able to pay yourself from your business and still be able to have a sustainable business? So how much do you physically want to pay yourself is going to be a really different number from how much your business is actually going to be making. So I'm just going to use a couple of like super general stats here that I've seen with working with my clients. So if you're running like a really lean business on the expense side and you're not really investing into it as much, you might need to be making about two times what you want to be paid personally as your gross income goal. So if you're heavily investing back into your business in coaches and courses and team members, you may need to be actually making three times your personal income goal 
for your gross income goal to cover higher expenses, taxes, and then to be able to pay yourself personally. So I really just encourage you to dive into these other two goals and write them down and treat them just as you would your overall income goal because it's not talked enough about, you know, we hear like the 10 figure months and the six figures, but really like, let's make that number actually mean something to you. Like, what does that mean? So start kind of figuring out what kind of life you could live from that, but then figure out kind of reverse engineer it. Okay. If this is how much I want to be paid personally, actually from my business on a yearly basis, this is then what I need to be making in gross income for the year. And then if I really want to be really accelerating my business growth by really heavily investing into my business, then this is actually how much I would have to make a year to be able to do that and to pay myself personally. That's really helpful. I'm glad you broke it down like that. I feel like that's a crucial element to it. It is. And a lot of times we come up with that overall number, but we don't realize like, okay, you're going to only be able to pay yourself like actually a smaller amount of that. And in our head, we think it's a much bigger number. So I just like to put kind of what is more realistic and what like the numbers actually need to be. So then you might actually, instead of saying, I want to make a hundred thousand, that number is actually maybe way higher than that. And then also on the other end, not feeling bad about a wanting a goal that might seem so big because now you're realizing in order to make the same that you would at a nine to five, you actually need to be making way more than that in your business. So now you can unapologetically set that as your goal and go for it and not feel bad or allow like any feelings, you know, rich people are greedy. You're starting to just realize if I want to make this much, this is just simply how much I need to make overall in my business. Yeah. How long do people generally work with you? So it really just depends, but typically my clients, if it's their business and their personal finances, depending on where they're at, I typically start with them with eight weeks. So what we do during the eight weeks is I call it the business financial foundation. So we're not able to get into cash flow yet. So what we do is start separating things, really getting the clarity in between the business and the personal finances. There's a lot of like technical things that people haven't quite set up properly. So really getting them at that stage to get that clarity, really setting like a strong financial foundation. So you want to scale your business. You need a really strong foundation like that tree. You want it to grow really, really tall. And so we really set the stage for the roots to grow really, really deep. So that's what we're doing first. And then once they've really dialed that in, then we move into a program where it's like, okay, now what we're going to do is we're going to focus on the managing of the cash flow for the personal and for the business finance side. And that typically honestly takes about four months to really dial that in because there's so much happening during those four months. My goal, my big goal for them is for them to a be paying their business expenses. Of course, have money that they're setting aside for taxes on a monthly basis. They're actually getting that money in there and they're catching up for what's already happened this year. And then my big goal is for them to finally start getting paid twice a month from their business. So we really need to kind of take it in steps, but that's kind of what the transition of it looks like in a nutshell. Awesome. I love that. Are you accepting clients right now? I am. I'm accepting clients to start in January. Ooh, that's exciting. So where can people go to connect with you, learn more about you and your services, Mandy? Instagram is where I am most active. You can join me on there. I'm at Mandy Thomas and Mandy is actually with two Y's. So I share a lot on my Instagram stories, but then I also do like really tidbit information on my IGTV. 
about two to four minutes at a time. I just pick one topic and I give really tangible steps for it. So you can check out my videos there. I would love the listener who is listening to this right now, if you would mind sending a direct message to both of us to really just say what it was you got most out of this, because I would love to hear what really resonated with you the most and what you found the most helpful. That's a great one. Yeah. If you guys will just go and just let us know because that fuels more content like this is when you say, I loved hearing from this person. Absolutely. And it just helps us to be able to help you in the specific ways that you're needing because maybe there's something that's going on with you that someone else isn't able to address with you. So just let me know. Well, thank you, Mandy. I really appreciate your time today and for diving deep into this. It was really helpful for me and I'm sure my listeners will find it helpful as well. Well, thank you so much. And you asked some really, really great questions and questions that I wish people would ask. So thank you so much for allowing me to really kind of open up like the back end of the questions. A lot of times it's really just thinking about just getting the money in the door, but then once it's coming in, it's hard to kind of make that shift. So I'm really grateful that I was able to share some of that stuff that I'm like, oh, this is what I really want coaches to know. So thank you so much. Yeah, of course. I know that your time and energy is so, so valuable. So I want to just say thank you for stopping by today. If you enjoyed this episode, I would greatly appreciate it if you took a screenshot of you listening to it and shared it to your Instagram. Tag me at Womanifester and I will be happy to share it to my Instagram story as well. This helps us spread the word about manifestation, mindset training, and all of the good juju that comes out of this type of podcast. I also love connecting with podcast listeners. So tell me what your biggest takeaway is. Tell me what your aha moments were, and I will gladly share them on my story as well. Can't wait to connect with you and I'll see you next time.